Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to be reading from verses 14 through to 16. 14 through to 16. Everybody got it? And this morning's message, heaven's throne of grace. Amen? There is a heaven. And in this glorious, beautiful, wonderful heaven, there's a throne. And there's a person that sits on the throne. And the wonderful name of the throne is the throne of grace. A throne of grace. Praise God for the throne of grace. Seeing then that we have a high, great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. This is a wonderful passage for a Christian's victorious living. Hebrews chapter 4, that's heading towards the end of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through to 16. And verse 15 is so wonderful, which leads up to the truth of verse 16. For we have an high priest, we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, therefore you can come. When you see the word therefore, you should always think to yourself, wherefore? Now, heaven's throne of grace. We thank God for the heavens of heavens has a throne of grace, which is approachable. But let me say this wonderful truth to you this morning. And if you don't remember anything I say this morning, please remember this. We love God for who he is and not what we can get from him. Amen? Always remember that. We love God for who he is. Not what he can give to us and not what we can get from him. And how wonderful it is to have that first. We love him for our salvation. He's our savior. He, pardon me, he is our redeemer. We love him for who he is. He's our peace. He's our exceeding joy. He's our strength. He's our rock. Amen? He is our wonderful victory. He's everything to me. That's where our relationship begins with God. We love him because he first loved us. And we love God for who he is to us, not what we can get from God. And you find that God will always give, for God is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. You cannot say I'm a lover and not be a giver. All right? You are just somewhere else. Okay, now, why is there a grace now, why is there a throne of grace in heaven? Why do we need a throne of grace in heaven? Is that sound coming from there? Or? Just... That off. That's a bit better. 
Oops. All right, we're there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why is there a throne of grace in heaven? Christ died on the cross. Christ was born of a virgin. Christ came to earth, we believe. Christ died for our sins. Christ was buried. Christ is risen. Why do we have to have a throne of grace that we could approach to find mercy? Why is it that I need mercy when I have already been saved and mercy there was great and grace was free? Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. I gave my heart to the Lord. I'm saved. Why is there then a throne in heaven called a throne of grace? Why is there a throne which relates to mercy? If God saved me, how is it that this throne exists? I'm saved. I'm talking to saved Christians. This throne of grace can only be approached if you're saved. You must first get saved. <laughs> But God draws you. God loves a sinner. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking to Christians this morning who are washed in the blood, who are filled with his Holy Spirit, but still need to approach this throne of grace. Now, seeing then that we have a high priest, a great high priest passing the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to what we professed. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, without sin let us therefore come. There we are. What is God saying to us? God's saying, in Christ Jesus, we have someone that lived in the humanity, in the form of a human being, that never sinned. Showed us the way, and died for our sin, took upon him our sins, was buried and went to heaven. Now you accept that fact, so many a Christian accept that, and when you accept that wonderful truth, you are saved, because now you believe in your heart, and you say a sinner's prayer, and you say, thank you, Jesus, you died for me. You saved me. And that's where a lot of Christians stay. And that's where a lot of Christians are today, which is wonderful, but as you grow in your Christian walk, you need to learn a bit more about what God has done for you. Not only does the cross of Jesus Christ save you, it sanctifies you. Most Christians know about the saving of the cross, but they don't know of the sanctification of the cross. That is the keeping power of what Christ done for you at Calvary. That's why the throne of grace is there to find mercy. What does it mean? Well, it's like this. We have to focus on what Jesus said. First of all, the thing for a Christian to do, a born-again Christian to do, after he's been saved, after he's given his heart to the Lord, as you look through this throne of grace, as you realize why there is a throne of grace, the reason for it is, is for us to focus on the one that's sitting on the throne of grace. And that is Jesus. Uh, we should always be looking to Jesus. That's how you start growing after you get saved. John 6, 14 says, or 14, 6, sorry, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. 
Jesus Christ is sitting on the throne to ensure, say the word ensure, amen? To ensure that you and I make it through. In the short message, he's going to ensure that we never lose our joy of being saved. That we never lag behind when we're following him. That we obtain this mercy, and the Bible says this wonderful truth, to find help in a time of need. Find grace to help. Amen? You know, you just can't find help. Even if you tried, you won't find help. The Bible says it's grace to help. He gives you the grace to find the help. Now, the first thing as you're growing, you need to focus. You can write that down. Focus on John 14, 6, what it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's how you will be kept in the love of God this morning. That's why there's a throne in the heavens called the throne of grace to find mercy that will rewrite your life when you could have fallen. And don't say, none of us have. We've all made mistakes since we've got saved, haven't we? <laughs> none of us are perfect. We give our heart to the Lord and so we say, we sorry, Lord, I won't do that again. And you know what happens? We do it again and again and we, we are growing. So what what do we do now? Do we all just give up? You know, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6 was saying that there is a way. And in, verse, in chapter 7 and 8, read 6, 7 and 8. You'll see he says there in 7, the things I want to do, those things I, I just can't seem to do. The things, the evil, he, he just doesn't say, he says the evil things that I don't want to do now, this is the Apostle Paul talking, not a stranger. This is a man of God, in the Word of God. The great Apostle. He says, the evil that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. He says, I'm a wretched man. Who can deliver me from the body of death? Now, Paul realized that the body is a body of death. And he says, for if we, 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 in the flesh, what does it mean, the word flesh? He talks about the flesh there. See, the flesh really, when the Word of God talks about your flesh and you live after the flesh, it means our human nature. In us are two natures. I've always said in you there's three persons sitting there. <laughs> the one you are now, the one you can be for God, and the one you can really do bad for. But we're serving God. But in us, a sinful nature is never taken out of us. Because you still sin and I still sin. What happened when we got saved? Sin's power, the plug was pulled. And sin, we, we don't love to sin anymore. That's what really happened. I could keep saying, you couldn't wait for the next weekend to do something wrong or the next time you could do something wrong when you weren't saved. But once you're saved, the power of that sin, the joy is taken out of you. You don't want to do it, and you're not living that lifestyle anymore. That's what really happens. God breaks that power of the continuous wanting to sin. But you still sin, because it's still, it's still that you are still in the flesh. <laughs> if you're itchy, you scratch. And you've got to put your pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> you're human. What am I saying? I'm saying... God knows that we need help to find grace 
grace to help in the time of need as we following after Jesus. That's how you know God's going to get you through. Because when you give your heart to the Lord, and then something goes wrong in your life, something goes wrong in your ministry, something goes wrong in your relationship, something goes wrong in your family, you wonder what's going on. Is it me? Is it them? Is it, it has to be one of us. It's not the Lord. Okay? And the thing to do then is to focus on Jesus, who's the way, the truth, and the life. The way not to get victory is to do what? Is to rely on works. Then you don't go to the throne of grace. So what do a lot of Christians do? They rely on works. I'll fast more to solve this problem. You know what I'll do? I'll give a bit more. That'll get my guilty conscience feeling better. Or you know what? I'll pray a bit longer. I'll pray three times a week instead of once a week. That's works. That is, you might say, oh, but that's good. That's, that's not, that's not going to save you. That, why is there a throne of grace in heaven that you could come to? If you could just go on your knees and just get yourself through. You saying, God, you know, you stay up there and let me little two goody shoes show you how I can do it. Works. Your education. Your social standing. Your business etiquette. That's what you rely on. Instead of focusing on, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So God placed the throne in heaven. God is our high priest. Not because he didn't do a good job in heaven, uh, on the cross. We're going to get there in a minute. He did a perfect job on the cross. Amen? Say amen. The cross was it once and for all. But God knew and God knows you and I are going to fail him. <laughs> amen? So he made a way. Amen? That you can bring this cross experience with you in your life as you get closer and closer to heaven's gate. So you focus on Jesus or you focus on your works. Those are the first two. The second thing is to love the Lord and serve the Lord in Romans 3, 6, 6, 3 says, don't you know that as many that were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? What does that mean? When you were baptized, it was an outward expression of an inward experience. Let me say that again. Your baptism was an outward expression of an inward experience, a symbolic, a symbolic showing of you going down into the waters to die and being buried with Christ, and as Christ raised from the dead, you came out with Christ. So what am I saying? I'm saying this, and listen to this very carefully. The object of your faith must always be the finished work of the cross. And that's what God has left the throne of grace in heaven for, for you to come to. Because there's a high priest, and this high priest has nail-scarred hands. This high priest has nail marks in his feet. This high priest has a spear mark in his side. This high priest has been touched with the feeling of our infirmities. What does it mean? He knows how weak we are. He never committed sin. He knows you will, and he's touched by that. He understands that. And he's placed that wonderful throne there to remind you that he paid it all. And the object of your faith must always be on what he did there. 
So now you realize how you're being sanctified. Now you know how you can get saved and be, keep on being saved. People say, well, how do you know you're going to heaven? Some experience that happens 45 years ago, something that happened 70 years ago, 10 years ago, 2,000 years ago. I'm being saved not only because of that, but there's a throne of grace in heaven, and the person on that throne is the Son of God, who is my high priest interceding on my behalf because of what he did at the cross. He can say to the Father, forgive her, forgive him, spare him, forgive him, forgive her. Because the throne is of grace, and a throne of grace, there's mercy there. That's how we keep on being saved. Now, that's important because I tell you what, there'll come a time in your life, you will get to a place where you think, well, how did I do that? How did I get so distracted? One, you took your eyes off the truth, the life, and the way. Two, you went to works. Three, instead of making the object of your faith, the prescribed victory, the order of how you keep on being saved, believing in that finished work of the cross is available for you now, for the blood never loses its power. What do you do then if you don't keep your eye on that? You believe in performance. That's the opposite of the object of your faith. You start on your performance, on how well I can do it, how well I can organize things, how well I can run the church, how well I can organize a service, how well I can perform in the things that I can do. You know Satan's greatest downfall was that. You know he put I there. The object of his faith was never in God. When he slipped up, he said, I will ascend up into the stars. I will be like God. I will be set in the sides of the Mount Zion. And I, I, I. But the object of my faith is him, 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 and what he did there. Amen? Not in my performance. Not in how I perform in my duties or how I perform in my life or what I do. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. My state, I told you before, goes up and down. What do you mean? You're like a backslidden one day and you... No, I'm just a human being. And my state with God goes like this. And if you, you, you're not telling the truth if you say... If you say you're, 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 your state with God's always like that, well, <laughs> bless God for you. But, you know, your state goes like this. But is God looking at that wave like that? God's not looking at your state. He's looking at your standing in Christ. Your standing in Christ never changes. Never changes. Because there's a throne of grace there. There's one sitting that says, come. Come and see how. Because he hasn't sinned. Because he knows how, what you're going through. Because he's been through it all. Because he shed his blood. He's going to give you the mercy and the grace to find help to bring you across that line. That's why there's a throne in heaven, a throne of grace. And that's what it's there for, for our Christian walk, for a way for a Christian to have victory. The other reason it's there for, it's a power source. It's a power source, amen? The Bible says, the Holy Spirit is our power. Listen to what Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 says. It says there, in the book of Romans, for now there is no condemnation 
to those who are what? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free from the law of sin and death. We are told there's two laws. There's a law of sin which leads to death. Romans 3.23 says, the wages of sin is death. Go, you know, you serve God, he'll give you life. You serve the devil, he's going to pay your wages. The wages you'll get from that is death. But the gift of God, you know, the glory of God is salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, what am I saying? Our power source there says, there is a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For those who walk after the law of the spirit of life. The throne in heaven and the throne of grace enables us by the Spirit of God to come boldly, to be kept on being filled with the Spirit, to overcome this lower human nature. We cannot please God by our human attributes and our human ways. Let me say that again. I don't know if I'm using the right words. Anything that's to do with our sinful nature can never please God. For the scripture says, even the good that man does is bad in the eyes of God. Do you know that? We only do good because we do it in Christ's name. Say amen. You can do nothing good without Christ first doing it. Oh, but, you know, the Bible says, doesn't the sinner say hello to another sinner and greet another sinner and look after another sinner? Doesn't a proud person mix with a proud person? Don't the very rich mix with the very rich? Aren't they doing good? <laughs> Doesn't the poor always mix with the poor? Aren't they doing good to one another? That's got nothing to do with what God has for us as Christians. Talking to Christians. Knowing how you're going to get through this life. When bad things happen to good people. When bad things happen to a good church. When bad things happen to a good minister, a good mother, a good father, a good wife, a good home, what do you fall back onto? Run yeah, run there, run everywhere. Hands prayed for you there, and, and this that's all good, but that's not going to save you. You need to know Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. The object of your faith must be always with the cross. The cross before me, the world behind me, right here and now I can approach that throne of grace, and because of that wonderful cross, it's with me now. When you have that faith, you will get victory. God will empower you with the power source of the Holy Spirit, which is the law of life. There's a spirit of the law of life in Christ. It'll take away the law of death. It overrides the law of death. Amen? So that's why the Bible says there are dead men walking. Twice dead, the Bible says. They pulled up from the roots, they're dead. Jesus called them like this, blind guides leading the blind, and when blind lead the blind, both fall in the hole. Now, we don't want to go there. We want to look to Jesus. We want to have the object of the cross as our faith. We want to have the Holy Spirit as our power source. Now, what happens when you don't have the Holy Spirit as your power source? You know who becomes your power source? Self. Self. We turn to self. How can I scheme to get out of this trouble I'm in? What can I say? What can I do? How can I act? 
and self takes over as a power source. And you get some people preach that today. Trust in yourself. You are like God. You can do it. Just do it. You have the power in you. You know, when you use the name of Jesus like an abracadabra name, like a magic one. <laughs> you know that teaching? That's a lot of nonsense. You can do nothing like that. That's self. Because you're not relying on the Spirit. Listen to what the Bible says. Who are the true sons of daughters of God? Who are the children of God in this world? Those that are led of the Holy Spirit. These are the children of God. For God is spirit, and he wants those to worship him in spirit and in truth. How are you going to worship him in spirit and truth? Do you have to have some special foreign language? No. No. When you have Christ, you have his spirit in you. When you have Christ, you have the way, the truth, and the life in you. How do you worship him in spirit and in truth? You look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, as the way, the truth, and the life. How do you worship him in spirit and in truth? In spirit, you believe that the Holy Spirit gives you power and the Spirit of Christ in you continually keeps you because you can approach that throne of grace. You have a high priest there that's interceding for you, one that's never sinned, one whom God has accepted as your sacrifice, as your propitiation, as your redeem, as a redeemer to save you, and you deny works. Your object of your faith is not performance, and your power is not self. Those three things will bring you down. And I'm talking to Christians, and Christians do it. And you see how they do it. Now what happens when you follow Christ the way we said, when your focus is on Christ, when your object of your faith is the finished work of the cross, when the power source is the Holy Spirit, what is the result? The Bible says in Romans 6, chapter 14, sin shall not have dominion over you. Isn't that wonderful? That's one of the best. When I read that verse... I thought, wow, sin will not have dominion over you. You won't be shackled to it. It won't control you. It won't be something that dominates you. It won't be something that motivates you anymore. It will be there. <laughs> Don't think you, 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 you exempt from sinning. I always say that we are not sinless. What are we? We're blameless. We're forgiven. Now, what do you say? Keep on sinning? The Bible says, how can we be dead to sin and want to keep on sinning? God forbid that we do that. But if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, our high priest on heaven's throne of grace. Thank God. When you think of heaven, before you think of anything else, the streets of gold and the gates of pearl, you know, and the walls of jasper, think of the throne of grace that will get you there. And as a result you will find that sin will not have dominion over you. There may be struggles. There may be hard times. But if you follow this prescribed order of the wonderful truth of believing that now there's no condemnation who are to them who are in Christ. In Christ simply means that when Christ died, you died. When Christ arose, you arose. Where Christ is, there you're setting your affections. And you're believing in what he did now. And, and it's because of that finished work of the cross. Now, if I hope I could have got that through to you because a, a lot of people don't understand that. You say, well, that's, that's simple. I'm saved. No, the cross didn't only save you to get your name written down in the book of life. That wonderful work keeps you going through life. 
Always remember that. Jesus knows how forgetful we are. Why do you think he left the emblems? There was no need for him to institute that Lord's Supper. But he, God knew that if he didn't leave those emblems, we would be doing some other foolish thing here this morning. We'd be branching off in too much prophesying, too much this, too much that, carrying on. So God says, look, I'm not the author of confusion. The glory must go to my son and what he did there, always. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take the things of mine and show them to you. He won't take his things. He will glorify me, Christ said. The comforter will come. I will send him to you, and he will show you the things that I have taught you. Now that is the mission statement of the Holy Spirit, to comfort you, to show you the throne of grace and what Christ did for you to get you through. So a lot of people get confused with all these things. They misapply. They misappropriate. They misplace. They take out of context. And they get confused. And they go downhill. And slowly they backslide. Because they don't know how to get out of what they're in. Because they run to that one and it didn't work. Then they went there and it didn't work. And they went there and it didn't work. Because they haven't been taught from the word of God. How God loves you so much that the day Christ died for you and saved you, you were fully saved and old things passed away and old things became new. And you were a new creation and still are a new creation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people to show forth the praises of God who called you out of darkness into his glorious light. How do I stay there? Because one day I'm in light, the next day I'm in darkness. One day I'm full of joy and the next month I'm not. Now that's the truth. Is my experience so shallow? Not really. God wants you to realize, come to me. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is God's rest. Wonderful, wonderful rest. Now what is the result if you try and do your own thing with works, in closing, and try and do your own performance? As you are a Christian, I'm talking to Christians, you try and work it out. Do some good works, you know. And then you're performing. And then, you know, you're full of self. You don't realize it, but it's all you. You know, you all, you, you're the one that's taking control. Like someone said, God, drive my life. And the Lord said, well, why don't you take your hands off the steering wheel? You know, you step on the steering wheel. You won't let go. God, you control me. You drive me. Well, you better get your hand off that steering wheel. Of course, it's in works. It's in self. It's in performance. And the result is this defeat you'll lose. And as a Christian, you'll always be somehow depressed, despondent, seem to have no joy, always seem to be asking questions and, you know, just not really growing in the Lord. If you haven't learned the wonderful truth that in heaven there is a Savior. His name is Jesus. He can be approached the Bible says he's our high priest. You know, there, there was this, this thing that come about that you must confess to a priest. I don't know where it come from, but we confess to Jesus Christ. You don't have to confess to me. You go on your hands and knees, and the Bible says, if you close your door, your father who sees in secret would reward you openly. 
Don't ever let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. But God who made the ear, yes. God who made the eyes can see. God who knows the heart. God who knows the thoughts. But he's placed in heaven a throne of grace for you to approach. It makes you realize you need to be humble before the Lord. It makes you realize I need mercy. Even though I'm saved, I still need mercy. A lot of us think, well, I don't need the mercy of God anymore. I got saved. Why do I need the mercy of God? I need the power of God. That's a trap. That's a big trap. You will have the power of God, but God's prescribed order is like this. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. The finished work of the cross in that Christ died for you, and that must always be in your mind. The Holy Spirit is the only power source that you and I will ever have by revealing God's word and God's living word in you. And the result will be sin will never have dominion over you. Isn't that wonderful? That's the wonderful truth. But if you're wavering and you don't follow that way, God's prescribed way, it's not a church way, it's not the pastor's way, then you will rely on works, then you will rely on performance, then you'll go and try and do it on your own, and then you'll fail. But thank God for the throne of grace. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning for this message. It might seem simple to so many that might hear it, but Lord, to those who are struggling, to those who wonder, why have I never really understood the wonderful joy of serving God without realizing they've been in works, without realizing it, it's been in self, without realizing it, it's been a performance. And as a result, Satan is defeating them along life's joyous way. When Christ said, I come to give you life, they've resetted it. But the abundant life, it's so hard to find somehow because they fail to understand. In heaven, there's a throne and it's called the throne of grace. The one that sits on it, his name is Savior, the Son of God. His ministry is that of a high priest to succor us because he's been tempted like we have but he's never sinned so he knows how to deliver us as we humbly come seek his face trust him as our way as our truth as our life realize because of that finished work of the cross the blood never loses its power even today in my situation i plead the blood over it forgive me father for trusting in self Forgive me, Father, in Jesus' name, for trusting in works. Forgive me, Father, for trusting in my performance in life. But let me know of the wonderful power of the Spirit of God who has come to make Jesus real to my life. Father, I thank you for this lovely, wonderful truth. And now I'll serve Jesus, knowing that there's a throne of grace where mercy can be applied and my life from now on will never be the same i will serve you by your grace for jesus sake amen praise the lord amen.